You're listening to only the best in the world. No. The universe. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Welcome to the Salmon Says Podcast. I am here uh, with Jim Flynn, and Jim is an author uh, of four different books. We'll get to that here in a, in a moment. Uh, Jim is calling us from, uh, well, a place that's going to get some snow here coming up in the next couple days. But Jim, tell us a little bit about you. Besides being an author, you worked in finance for many years. You're a, a father. Tell us a little about you. Well, I'm a retired financial advisor. We used to be able to call ourselves stockbrokers, but we had to come up with a more highfalutin title, so we had to call <laughs> ourselves financial advisors. I did that for 35 years and retired uh, a few years ago and started writing. So uh, your your inspiration for writing is kind of interesting. You you were on Jeopardy, and this was what 1972, somewhere in there. Uh, no, 19. Well, not quite that early. Uh, 1991. Oh, 91. Okay, so you were on Jeopardy, and you got on there, and and, and you you uh, you had a bunch of money, and you you bet it all on the last question, and didn't get it right. And so on the way home, on the flight home, you started keeping a journal of your experience, um, and then somehow that got published. How did that happen? Well, just like getting anything published, you have to be aggressive. So when I got home, I called the Hartford Current, which is a big newspaper in Connecticut. Okay. I called the editor of the Hartford Current and said, I have an article about Jeopardy. I talked to his secretary, and she blew me off. She said, we get 100 unsolicited articles every week. You know, you can send it in. But anyhow, I left my number. Five minutes later, he called me back. Huh. I love Jeopardy. Do you have a rough draft? I lied and said yes, because I had like napkins and envelopes. <laughs> right. And really, no kidding. So that night I sat up all night, wrote this rough draft, brought it to him in the morning, and got it published as the cover story on their Sunday magazine. Wow. Very cool. Now, it was funny because before that, there was a song Weird Al Yankovic did called I Lost on Jeopardy. Are you familiar with that song? Uh, yeah, uh, very familiar. Okay. <laughs> everybody who came to my party brought it on tape. Oh, no. I think tape was the prim- was the primary uh, medium then. The sure. Disc then. Yeah. yeah, about 50 people brought right. that tape, and I thought it was so amusing the 10th time. Right, yeah, about, about the third time. You're like, all right, I get it. I get the idea. Very funny. Yeah. So, okay, so then... <laughs> So then people are like, "Oh, you know, you're getting really good feedback from this article. Hey, Jim, you should, you should, uh, you know, should, you should give up this finance thing and do writing." And you're like, "Well, uh, I enjoy eating, and I have a family." Yeah, and they enjoyed eating. So, I had done some writing in college as a sports writer, uh-huh. and you don't make a whole lot as a start. I was when I got out, I didn't really have a job. I was a springer, which means you're sure. not an employee of the newspaper. You just go out and do stories and. You get kind of tired of doing the JV girls basketball game and making five bucks. Right. And Sports Illustrated wasn't returning my call, so I decided <laughs> I wanted to make a living. Sure. And I got into the world of finance. Very cool. I uh, I was I work in a newspaper now. I'm a photographer, but I I freelanced. Uh, I did radio for 15 years, and then I freelanced on the side as a stringer. So I know all about that. I did that for six years besides radio. So I was in oh, two that, two yeah. big well paying gigs. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's not the it's not the most lucrative thing. It was kind of fun, but you, you get kind of tired of it, and yeah, yeah. With with working in radio and newspaper, I was in two high paying gigs. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> 
So your first book, when did you write your first book then? Well, fast forward. So I, I live in rural Connecticut, but I worked in Hartford. So for many years, I had to go to the office. The last 10 years of working uh, were I telecommuted. But so for 20 years, I drove home from Hartford to for about an hour drive. And I wrote this book in my head. So think about what I'd written. I wrote a book, an article about Jeopardy. Here's a unique experience I had, fairly unique anyhow. And people were very interested in it. It was, it brought them into, showed them sort of behind the scenes and something they wondered about. So I thought, I'm going to write another book, but what have I done that's unique and would be interesting to people? And the answer was nothing. (laughs) So, (laughs) I had them. I made up a fictional character, kind of a Walter Mitty story. Okay. I don't know if they still make kids read that stupid thing in school, but I had to. <laughs> and Walter Mitty had these daydreams about playing center field for the Yankees and having a harem and all this. Well, my guy, Jimmy Sizemore, actually does all these things. Wow. He's a rich kid from a dysfunctional family. He's very independent at an early age. He decides he's going to accomplish all these things. He ends up being a baseball player at Stanford University, wanders into football practice, ends up playing in the Rose Bowl, gets drafted by the Oakland Raiders, plays in the Super Bowl, which leads – he's also an astrophysicist. He's a genius. Why not? Sure. (laughs) So he – becomes the first civilian astronaut. He plays in the Masters tournament. He does the Hawaii Ironman, other things. It's The book is funny. And that's what I was setting out to do. I want to write a funny book. It, it's kind of quirky. If somebody's listening and they want to read one of my books, I would say, don't start with that one. Okay. Because it has a fairly narrow audience and the people who love it love the book and i had all kinds of fan mail i got fan mail from a nuclear physicist at los alamos laboratory wow i got fan mail from a female expat poet who lives in france who's i've become really good friends with uh, Hmm. electronically and she's she encouraged me to write more she said you're naturally funny a lot of good writers aren't funny. Right. Or they try to throw humor in and it doesn't work. So you're, you're natural. Keep writing. But she and others said, you're limiting your audience. If you want to be broader and more successful, you have to write a novel. It has to be a story, just like we learned in school. Sure. It has to have character development. It has to have a good guy and a bad guy. My first book just had a good guy. Right. There weren't any bad guys. It was just one thing after another. So what's a novel? Well, a lot of people can't really tell you what a novel is. And frankly, when I started, I couldn't give you a definition of what a novel is. So I had to learn to do that as I wrote my second book. And so what I've done now is a series of financial thrillers. I'm about to publish the third one. And in between, I wrote a little golf book. So your first book was Be Sincere Even When You Don't Mean It, and that's the, the humorous yes. one you were talking about. Um, and even even the cover yeah. has an astronaut with a football. He's golfing at the beach. And then, then you yeah. went into the J.R. Johnson financial thrillers with uh, Losing Leola and Bitcoin Gambit. 
That's a, those two? Yes. And then and the, so, the new one's coming out. It's called Better Than Even. Okay. But that's not out yet. Um, so I would say if somebody's listening to this, thinks I'm a musing guy, read Musing Lola. Start with that. All and right. then the next one will come along, the Bitcoin Gambit. And then my next book, which is coming out in March, um, Better Than Even. So then where did uh, hit your second shot first? Was that kind of the fourth one then you, you did? Yes. And that's more of humor too, right? What happened was I, read, I wrote the first two financial thrillers. And it's hard to write a book. And it's hard to write a good book. And... What happened to me was, I wrote this book, it was a lark, the first one, it's just a lark, hey, it's really cool, I have a book, my my name's on the cover, yeah. and then I started taking it a little more seriously when I got encouragement, and my competitive juices kicked in, and I wanted to be good, and I wanted to have it sell, so I drove myself. Now, what I haven't told you is what made me retire from the financial world was, I had brain surgery. Wow. Uh, which I won't get into the long story, but you know, that's, as I say to people, there isn't any minor brain surgery. No, it's a pretty big deal. When it was done, I can fake being what it was before, but I'm not part of my brain doesn't work like it used to the analytical part, the part that figures out, for example, people think I'm kidding, but I have a hard time reading. Okay. I can write all day long. Sure. The way I consume books is I listen to books. I so totally relate. that part of my brain doesn't work that well anymore. So I couldn't do my job. So fortunately, I'm old. I can afford to retire. I retired. That's when I wrote my first book. Interesting. So I wrote my second book. It got some really nice reviews. I got encouragement to write more. I started driving myself and pushing myself too hard. And without getting into all my medical stuff, it's bad for me to be under too much stress. Sure. It causes some problems for me. And I was had self-imposed stress. I was making myself do this. It wasn't like the world was weak. It wasn't like it's a million-dollar contract with a publisher. I was making myself finish this book, which I did, uh, The Bitcoin Gambit, which got um, even better reviews and sold more copies. Each successive book, I sold more copies, so I must be getting better. Right. Um, so that's probably more pressure, too, then, on, on you, right? Because Yeah, more pressure. Sure. And, and I was right, starting to write a third book. And it started having some bad effects on me. And I said, I have to just walk away from this for a while. I have to just stop writing this book. And that's what led me to write the golf book, which is called Hit Your Second Shot First, which is... What I always used to say, what I say to people when I play golf, because do you play golf? Uh, I don't, no. Okay. Well, if you had a bad shot and you're just playing for fun, the guy who's playing with you say, ah, just drop another, hit another yeah. one. And you know what? Guess what happens? You hit it better. <laughs> you, almost always hit a good, you almost always hit a good shot sure. the second time. So I always joke, I'm going to write a book, hit your second shot first. I like and it. So... I said, okay, I can write a book. I'm going to write this book about golf. It's 105 pages. Um, it took me about a month to write it, which is a lot easier than writing a 108,000-word novel, yeah. which is what I just finished. Jeez. And it was quite successful uh, because it's funny. 
uh, kind of snarky humor. Where that's kind of me. I've made more money on that little book than all my other books combined so far. Interesting. It sells every day. People give it as gifts. People tell me, oh, yeah, I read it, and now it's in my guest bathroom. Fine. That's that's hey. kind of what it's for. Yeah, I don't care where so you put it's it. Not intended, <laughs> it's not intended to be great literature. It's intended to be fun. It also sells well on audio. It's an, All my books are audio books as well. I, I got a narrator and... Oh, cool! And put it up on Audible. Um, I'm as a public service. I don't narrate them myself. Right. Uh, <laughs> <because> <laughs> that's that's it, a whole other art form. It, yeah. You know from your audio experience. Yep. It's hard to to do a whole book. Like the new book is 415 pages. There's no way I could do that. Yeah. And the the novels have characters, so you have to be an actor. And I'm not an actor, and I'm not going to be an actor. So I just have somebody else do it. And, you know, you don't make as much money. You split the money. Sure. But I'd rather do that than have a book that was, you know, unlistenable to. We're on the uh, Sam and Says podcast talking to author uh, Jim Flynn. Uh, he's authored four different books, two financial ones, two comedy ones. And uh, explain the Jim, uh, Jim Flynn Six. Tell us about that because there's, there's other Jim Flynn's that wrote books. Is that correct? Yeah, and you know what? I'm dropping that because it confuses people, but I'll give you a quick explanation. Okay. When I went to put it on Amazon, my first book on Amazon, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about marketing. Uh, I didn't know you could have a paperback. Anyhow, so Amazon asks you a question. Do you want to publish this under your own name or do you want to put, you know, pen name? Hmm. So I said, well, I'll just put it under my name. Well, I found out first day it's on Amazon. There's six other guys. There's excuse me, five other guys named Jim Flynn oh, no. who works on Amazon. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's like being John Smith, right? So you know, one of the guys wrote a history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, another guy's a famous educator from New Zealand. <laughs> so, so I decided. I, I don't know if you ever. There's a, a South Korean golfer named Jun Jijun Lee. Okay, six, because there are very few surnames in in Korean. That's female, right? And she's female? She's actually yeah. the sixth pro golfer in Korea with exactly the same name. Wow. So she legally changed her name to Ji Jung Lee Six, the the number six. So just for laughs, I I published the book under Jim Flynn Six. That's funny. Unfortunately, it just confuses people. I've I've gotten emails, Dear Mr. Six. Yeah. And, and librarians don't know where to file it because it's my last name. Right? Is six. it six? Is it Flynn? So it... For my new book, I'm dropping the six. When I pu- when I redo the covers on the old books, I'm dropping the six. But so I, I went into this whole thing as just a lark. Right. It's kind and of. A... <laughs> it's turning out to I'm turning out to be a little more successful. You know what? This one thing I learned by being in the financial business: the customers who made money were the people who didn't need to make money. They were the guys who already had money. Sure. Because they could look at the long term. If you're looking at some guy who's betting his kids college tuition money, he's he makes the wrong he's too nervous. He makes the wrong decisions. He's not he can't concentrate. if he if the stock goes down the first week he owns it, they sell it. Yeah, he's got a lot more at stake. Guy who's right. a millionaire and he buys Apple, he can hold on for twenty years. It doesn't matter to him. Yeah. yeah. So the same thing's true with me. 
I, I'm fine. I'm retired. I can. I don't have to sell another book to eat. And because of that, I'm casual about it, and I don't press things. And and it's worked out for me. Coming up, uh, we'll talk to Jim about his uh, Jeopardy experience, and we'll hit on the new book as well. This is the Samus's podcast. Susan's Books and Gifts, so much more than a bookstore. Shop online for a variety of toys, science projects, puzzles, and more. Susan's has over 20,000 used books to choose from, all only $2 each. A store where there actually is something for everyone. Susan'sBooksAndGifts.com. Get something for family, for a friend, for yourself. Bookmark Susan'sBooksAndGifts.com, a sponsor of the Salmon Says Podcast. This is Salmon Says. All right, uh, we're back with Jim Flynn. Uh, Jim Flynn, the author, has written four books, working on his fifth. Tell us about the uh, the new one here, Better Than A Even, and it'll be coming out soon. Yeah, the, the whole title is Trillion is the New Billion, Better Than Even. Hmm. And when I started in the financial world, a billion dollars was a lot of money. Just to give you an example, Texaco lost a lawsuit and had to pay Pennzoil. I think $6 billion. Wow. So after every, everything was over, they had to wire the money. That's how, that's how that kind of money moves <laughs> through the Federal sure. Reserve System. And they had to wire it. And the system couldn't handle $6 billion. They had to send it. They had to send a billion dollars six times because it wasn't, it just, the computer couldn't handle a number bigger than a billion. Now, every day, some tech company buys out a company you never heard of for $6 billion. Right. So, so now they're throwing trillion around. Oh yeah, the government spent three trillion trillion dollars—a lot of money. No kidding. So that's that's one of the things one of the characters says in the book. Trillion is the new billion. If you want to have money, you have to have a trillion. So is this one more of a one of the? That's one of the themes. Is what I find interesting is people who are greedy and don't know when to stop being greedy. Okay. Now, is this one more – it's not really comedy then. What, what would you more classify this one as? Not humor. Well, it's a financial thriller, but it has humor. Okay. And one of the things that people advise you, there are certain genres, um, you know, romance, uh, mystery, steampunk. There's all kinds of genres. They tell you, if you're going to write a thriller, don't put humor in it. And I just thought, well, I like thrillers. But I've seen some throws with humor in it, and I'm a funny guy. Right. So I'm just going to write the book that I want to write, and I hope it finds an audience. So uh, it's narrated by the uh, protagonist, who's a funny guy. And he gives his observations on the world as he goes through the thing. So it is, it is thrilling. There's exciting stuff that happens. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's violence. There's... You know, whenever there's a trillion dollars at stake, people will kill you for it. Oh, yeah. People will do a lot of things. Just think of all the things people have done to defraud people and Ponzi schemes, because the first book is about Ponzi schemes. So it has all that, all those elements, but it also is funny. And and if you read the reviews for my books, people will say, hey, I, I laughed out loud at this book. I surprisingly laughed out loud at this book. Cool. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Awesome. Now, let's talk about your Jeopardy experience. I'm sure you're going to ask this 500 million or a trillion times even, since we're on the trillion. But uh, So you're on Jeopardy 1991, and you, you had a bunch of cash built up. You were doing well. 
Uh, what was the last question that you bet the farm on that you that you had all the money on? Do you remember? Well, yes. Now, just so people know, if uh, now in Jeopardy, if you come in second, you get two thousand dollars, and if you come in third, you get a thousand. But when I was on, you didn't get anything. Right. You got parting gifts. I literally got a case of rice aroni mailed to my house. <laughs> all right. Stuff like that. Bunt, it, a bunt cake. Yes. <laughs> Did they give you the home game? If you don't win. Did they have the Jeopardy home so game you, or anything? Say again. Did they have the Jeopardy home game or anything, the board game? You, uh, yeah, you get the Jeopardy home game. All right. I, we also got a Nintendo. My kids thought that was Sweet. Oh, I'm glad you lost. You got a Nintendo. Who cares if you yeah. could have won 20 grand? Right. No, we'll take the um, Nintendo. Yeah. But <laughs> so I was behind by $400. So I had to bet it all. Sure. The guy who was ahead of me by 400, we all got it wrong. It was a, it was kind of a pun and it was about elections. And I'm a history buff. I thought I'm going to win. I'm going to, you know, if, if I, I didn't this. like the category, I was going to bet nothing. Right. Those are the, those were really the two things you could do. Anyhow, the question was something like, in the 1800s, the Democrats said to the Republicans, "We poked you in 48, and we'll do this to you in 52." Hmm. And I'm thinking, what are they talking about? I can't. I I didn't understand the question. Yeah. And it was kind of a pun. And the answer is Pierce. We'll pierce you in 50. I was thinking Prod, yeah. Franklin but, Pierce. Right. Right. Nobody got it right. I, I did, Finally, with about five seconds to go, I realized, oh, they're asking who ran for president in 1852. <laughs> and I just couldn't you know, come up with it in that time. I think I wrote down uh, Fillmore. <laughs> I was close. Yeah. I was one president off. Oh, wow. But um, so the guy won with 400 bucks. Oh. Uh. And Jeez. let me tell you what it's like to lose on Jeopardy. It stinks. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you don't think about it when you watch the show. Next time you watch Jeopardy, just think about the two people who lost. Right. Because everybody said, hey, you're great at this. You're going to go out and win Jeopardy. And you go out and, and all of a sudden you're playing in the – you're swimming in the deep end of the pool because everybody there is good. Right. And, and a lot of it depends on the buzzer. And you don't really see this. You, you, you can see people's kind of jerking at the buzzer sometimes. You can't come in too soon or you lock yourself out. Sure. There's a light that goes on. You can't see this at home until this light goes. In other words, he has to be done reading the question. Then the light comes on. Wow. You can't just do it as soon as you see the question. So it's a timing thing. It's like a drag race. Yeah. And if you're off in the timing and – you know, there were answers I knew that I just didn't get the answer. So that's the hard part about Jeopardy. And it's very frustrating. And you try to just stay calm. Okay, they had five in a row I knew the answer to, and somebody else rang in before me. Just stay calm, try to get the next one. That's that's the hard part of Jeopardy. Anyhow, you get all done, you lose. It's kind of the, the, the fire door closes behind you and right. you're – that's alone it. in the parking lot with your with your rice aroni <laughs> and your board game. That's yeah. what it's like to lose on Jeopardy. Uh, so yeah, so losing on Jeopardy would be like getting the silver medal or the bronze in the Olympics. Nobody remembers you. Everybody remembers the gold medal. Well, no, it's like finishing fourth. Oh, fourth. Okay, that guy. <laughs> no, no medal. Right, that guy. Yeah, well, I don't think they. 
I don't think they give rice or roni for, for anything. In fact, I tried to, my son was very disappointed, one of my sons. I said, oh, it's, it's like, you know, it's like getting a silver medal in the Olympics. He, he didn't buy that. <laughs> uh, so what was Alex Trebek like? What's say again? What was Alex Trebek like? Alex Trebek was kind of cold. Yeah, I know he's become like a saintly figure. Yeah. As the years went on, and um, it, 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 just think about it from his perspective. He did five shows a day. Oh, really? Wow. On Monday, they did a week's worth of shows. It's a pretty good job because he made, I don't know, $7 million a year or $11 million a year, and he worked one day a week. Yeah. That's pretty good. Not bad. Um, but he does all five shows. He's not going to sit there and have lunch with you. Yeah. He kind of shakes hands. By the way, they're not allowed to talk to you. Nobody talks to you. One of the guys I was there with was a lawyer, a district attorney, and he said it's like being on jury duty. Yeah. And that's to that's to maintain fairness. Sure. So there's no kissing up or and yeah. believe me, they are scrupulously fair. So there's no like somebody's getting the answers or yeah. No, not none of that. If you want to go to the men's room, they send somebody with you to wow. make sure that nobody talks to you. Wow. So so and and Alex is part the host is part of that. So they're not gonna to talk to you. Yeah. They shake hands hello. Before the before the show starts, I mean that's it. That hello, that's it. And then you you leave, and they you know at the end sometimes they have a little time left over, and all three can. They're not really talking. <laughs> yeah, it's fake talking, and that's it. So so you know, it, it, Alex was kind of a cold fish. I understand. I, I would do it too to make eleven million dollars a year. I have a I have a hard time watching Jeopardy just because I I'm very simple minded and when they ask the questions, I, I same thing like you. It's like what are they asking? By the time I figure out what they want to know, it's too late to even answer it. So I would never be good at that show. I'm good at trivia, well, but I but the way they do it, I, my brain doesn't work that way. I'm ADD and so I'm thinking something else. And uh, it, yeah, just that show doesn't work for me. Well, I want fastballs. I want just ask me a straight question. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm fine with that. But when you start making them puns, that was kind of a pun. Yeah. I'm like the worst person in the world at puns. I felt like, hey, you can throw me a fastball. You know, if I swung and miss, okay. But nobody knew. I mean, all three of us were talking to each other like, you know, what were they talking about? Right. At least you give me a hard question, but at least let me understand the question. Yeah. Anyhow, stop whining. I got to be on. Thousands of people try out every year, and they only pick a couple hundred. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I got to be on it, and I so I could check that off my bucket list. There you go. Well, Jim Flynn, you've authored authored four books. Uh, you have uh, one in the works as well, and you just plan to keep writing, right? As long as uh, as long as you're ab- above the ground and and keep plugging away, right? Yeah, yeah it's fun. I, I really enjoy doing it. I'm getting some rewards. Um, people say the financial thrillers would make great movies. I'm waiting for the call. He's available. In Hollywood. I'll, you know, you can give him my number. There you go. You know, ask. <laughs> um, and, and books available on Amazon. Is that correct? Yeah. Amazon. Um, as I said, if somebody listens to this and think I might be interesting, go to, go to Amazon, type in losing Lola, Jim Flynn. Cause there's three books named losing Lola. Really? There's not only six Jim Flynn's. There's three books. I was the first one. You can't copyright a book title. Oh. So, and it's not like the other people were imitating me. It's just that they thought that was a good name for their book. Too. Yeah. 
So Uzi Lola, Jim Flynn, that's what to start with. All right, and then you have the audiobooks available there as well. Yeah, they they're right on the, they're right there. Okay, they just, they, you see audio, um, paperback, and Kindle. You can click on any one of them. Very cool. All right, Jim, appreciate your time today. Hey, thanks. It was great being on. This has been the Salmon Says Podcast, copyright 2022, Salmon Says Media. 